Hey, what's up? Super dope. Saturday, I guess it's afternoon now. So I wanted to have this thing out to you maybe a little bit sooner. A uh, special extra episode this week. But, you know, anytime I've got people who come on the show who aren't my idiot friends, I have this tendency to screw up sound. So took me a minute to get this one put together for us. But very special episode today. It's part two of a two-part episode featuring my friends Paul, Katie, and Leonard from the NPC Pod podcast. Really fun conversation. We did the first half of the conversation on their pod, um, basically where I hijacked their feed to rant about the moral arc to this point uh, in the Dragon Ball Super manga, and then we switched over to our feed to talk about the most two recent chapters, chapters 59 and 60. Later on in the conversation, there's a part where I rant about kids spoiling it and how this episode will drop at or around the same time as the chapter or the spoilers or whatever. Sure enough, man, the thing that I ranted about when we recorded this on Sunday or Monday night, I forget, um, the very same thing that I ranted about happened earlier this week. So be on the lookout for that. If you are a listener of the NPC pod and you're checking this out, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. I hope I didn't... um, talk your ears off too much in that first uh, episode that we did. But thank you to Katie, Paul, and Leonard for letting me uh, commandeer their show. And I thank, thank them for you know coming on our show and, and doing the thing here. But um, chapter 61 is out. I've read it. There's been a lot of, uh, I don't know, discussion about it. And in case you haven't read it, I'm not going to discuss it here. I will say, like I wish more people would say on the internet, I'll give you my opinion without spoiling anything. For whoever thinks that the line Vegeta says in this chapter, uh, you know, about three quarters of the way through, if anyone thinks that undercuts Vegeta, whatever you want to say. I've seen some people go so far as to say that GT Vegeta is now the better option uh, when held up against uh, Dragon Ball Super Vegeta. Wrong. It's an edgy hot take. You're wrong. <laughs> um, obviously, it's two very different sets of circumstances, and I could opine on GT Vegeta versus Super Vegeta for days. And you guys know me. I actually kind of like Dragon Ball GT for the most part. I could talk about the differences between those two characters for days. There's a lot of differences. And I would also go so far as to say that Super Vegeta is better, but he's only better because he's got the benefit of 20 to 25 years of hindsight of what the fans loved and didn't love about certain parts of Vegeta. So if you haven't read chapter 61 yet, I suggest you go do it. It, It's pretty good until, eh, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything else. How about that? Um, Enjoy this conversation with my friends from the NPC pod. Uh, Again, if you're checking out the show for the first time, thank you. We hope to keep you around. Stick around. Uh, We've got a lot of content we put out usually once or twice a week on normal months, um, usually one or two episodes a week. So feel free to subscribe, rate and review Apple Podcasts, all of those places. I'll shut up now and uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Super dope. Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So if you've listened to any of the recent episodes, you'll know that I'm going through this stretch in my life where, you know, not only am I like uh, confined to my bedroom because of the plague and the work at home stuff and, you know, just America coming to an end, but um, none of my goddamn friends know how to read comic books either. And that's been a real big source of frustration for me especially when I make a podcast around the comic book, uh, I guess for now, comic book, Dragon Ball Super. So I had to call in uh, a couple of friends from across the country. I had to go all the way to California and call up my friends from the NPC podcast. Uh, let's welcome in my friends, Paul, Leonard, and Katie. Um, I guess Paul does this thing where he gives everyone a real annoying moniker when he introduces them on their show so uh paul give me a introduction for for leonard leonard well leonard's easy super pope super pope 
masterfully done. Yep, super pope. That's what you came up with? That's what I came up with. I didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I got to say. No, it's fine. Kyle, Kyle threw this at That's me before we recorded. crafty utilization so. of your surroundings, though. Thing. Super dope, super pope. So Leonard the super pope. Yeah. How are you, Leonard? Oh, I am great now. Like, literally, <laughs> the fact that I'm called Super Pope, oh, man. Like, I'm going to be saucing on everyone. I'm going to be catching Boma, Chi-Chi, uh, that one green girl from Dragon Ball Super Broly. Her name um, is Chi-Lai. Chi-Lai, yeah, because she is hot as a chili pepper. <laughs> oh, God. Good one. So Thank we got Leonard the Super Pope, and then we also have Katie, uh, Paul, I'll kick it over to you to introduce Katie. Choose wisely. Super soap. Super soap. Oh my god! Does that mean she's like really clean <laughs> or what? I mean, kicking distance. Look, I, look the, the super pope one was so good. I kind of like. I didn't know where to go from there. Like it, it, I hit my ceiling, you, so you I fell went, back on your greatest hit. The worst one for you. I'm sorry. That's good. <laughs> Love you All too. All right, so super, super soap. <laughs> Katie, how are you? Super salty right now. Well, that kind of makes sense. Thankfully, though, you got the, you know, soap thing to clean off the salt. So that's good, right? Hey, see? Uh, hey, uh, thank I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a whole lot of bath salts. Um, and then who wants to try to? Do it, Ooh, I'll do it for Paul with some I'll revenge. Go for it, Leonard. All right, and here we are with Paul, aka Super Boat, because just like the Titanic, it's all downhill. The Titanic didn't go downhill though; it's And I'm old. Okay. All right, I didn't mean to blow it up. I'm sorry. Same difference. No, I'll take it. I'll take it. Super Boat. That's good. I like it. done. Thank you, Leonard. So, Paul, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm really glad to be on the podcast with you. Uh, we just finished recording uh, yeah. the NPC podcast where you were our guest. And I so, thought it was one of the best episodes we've ever had. So I appreciate Very kind of you to say. You um, bring me on to I, yours. I, So this is what the, the plan was today for the Super Dope listeners. Um, if you're hearing this today, hooray, hurrah. I've got somebody to talk to me about the main guy. Damn right, I just made that rhyme. Anyway, we did a part one of this conversation over on the NPC podcast. Yes, we did. Just talking about the moral arc in general uh, and what's kind of worked for it, what hasn't worked for it, what we liked about it, what we haven't liked about it. Uh, but before, I mean, I kind of hijacked your feed in order to do that. Tell me a little bit, tell the audience a little bit more about what your show generally does when I'm not busy hijacking it for Dragon Ball purposes. Sure, yeah. Um, we are a video game podcast. Um, I, I sort of say it uh, loosely because we talk mostly about the industry itself. Um, we do spend some time talking about individual games, uh, things that are coming out. Um, uh, recently, however, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus because, as you said, America is, uh, uh, you know, not doing great. Coming to an end. You can say it. Yeah, it's coming Last to an end. Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're entering sequel mode right yeah, now. Yeah, that's that's fine with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we talk about the industry. We uh, tackle big topics uh, like sexism in video games, um, video game unions, uh, violence in video games, uh, things that not a lot of people are talking about. And if they are talking about it, it's usually for a five to ten minute YouTube thing. Uh, with us, it's like a 45 minute dedicated thing that we do and 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 we just get together and love doing it we've been doing it for uh i don't know two years something like that a little bit yeah, over just about yeah yeah so yeah if you guys uh know how to find podcasts like you found uh dragon ball super dope you can find our podcast too the npc, NPC pod. pod now available on apple Podcasts, Stitcher, spotify wherever you get your podcasts all the places where the podcasts live it's true it's true or on Twitter, the NPC Pod, we're there. Very too. true. That's how we met in the first place. It is. Yeah, yeah. Through uh, now, now, what was this? The Vic Manimina? Yeah, that yeah. fucking piece of so, shit. Vic Manimina. <laughs> no, don't sully that song. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Leonard? I've definitely had that same exact thought several times in my life. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Vic Managana. So. Obviously, you listen to the show. You know what happened last year. We lost the Facebook page to the Nazis and all that fun stuff. And uh, I still continue to be pretty vocal about it because fuck Nazis. Yep. Obviously. 
And yes, sir. Uh, I can't believe I we like, have to say that. For real. I can't believe we live in a country where I even have to make the, the discernment between like why I even have to say fuck Nazis, but whatever. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. <laughs> 2020 is the goddamn worst. Hindsight is fucking terrible. <laughs> hey, man, we can't let 2020 win because guess what? If we lose in 2020, then 2021. God damn it, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> He's yours now. You, know, you already said it. You get to keep him now. I told this really heartwarming story on your show earlier about how Super Dope started. And I'm not going to tell you how exactly how that story went, but I definitely allude to my friend Brandon in that story. Yes. And it's a very nice thing that I say about Brandon. However, typically I say things to Brandon that go along the lines of, what the fuck, Brandon? <laughs> or, Jesus Christ, Brandon, what the, f you know, what do you do? Stop it. <laughs> And you just had one of those moments, Leonard. <laughs> that just means our friendship is growing. That was a good teaser, I think, to go check out your episode. I don't yeah, know. No, sure that's a good teaser, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so now that we've got our friends from the NPC pod introduced, I kind of had to strong arm them. And by them, I mean mostly Leonard. Um, Leonard, is this true or false? Uh, in the last 24 hours, you have read all 60 chapters of the Dragon Ball Super manga? Yes, that is very, very true. That's intense. Help me understand what brought you to that kind of decision. Um, well, it all started with my first love of anime. Um, which, actually, fun fact, my first love of anime wasn't actually Dragon Ball. <gasps> and I wouldn't even consider it being uh, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! I know what it was. Those, as people say, it's not anime. Was it Ranma one half? Because if it is, we're best friends. No. I have not heard of that, but now I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> He's young. It's about a boy who turns into a girl and he splashes with cold water. And then he has boobies and stuff. There's lots of boobies. Oh, so uh, lollies. Or traps, as they call it. Oh, good lord. Call Ronald up. Ah. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. No, it was actually this, uh, this series called Suzuka. And uh, if my brother is listening to this podcast, which he probably will listen... Um, he is shaking his head. He's probably about to cry because he knows, and he keeps telling me it is a garbage tier anime, and no one should ever watch it. But I loved it. It was about this high school girl. I won't go into de details, but just look up Suzuka somewhere and try to, your best to find it. It's about high schoolers, and it's a great way to stay in shape. Sounds dirty. Wait a minute. Was that a masturbation joke you threw in at the end? Nope. That was a family okay. guy joke. Oh, that's a great mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I, I feel like uh, Katie and Paul, let's get your anime backgrounds. What's your gateway anime drug? All right. Um, <clears throat> well, listeners of the NPC podcast might be confused as to why the hell I'm on this show in the first place. <laughs> and uh, especially not Kent, because uh, Kent would uh, probably run circles around almost everybody here when it comes to yes. Dragon Ball knowledge. Oh, but, but you know why Kent's not here. Yeah, I kind of wanted that too. Um, anyway. Oh, what? Does Kent not like me? Tell me Kent don't like me. Oh, no. It's, it's, no, it's not that. It's probably it's because I he's have... too busy and, like, actually too busy. That guy has a lot of school stuff. It's because I'm making him work. I'm making him work on a, a podcast that we're trying to come up with. Yeah. It's called the NPP. <laughs> Sounds like a knockoff of your own podcast, but whatever. Can we just shift the narrative so that way Kent don't like me? Because I like that one a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can sure. Do that. We can do that. Yeah, he hates Thank you. you. <laughs> Kent, Kent fucking hates my guts. It's fine. I wish Kent was here right now. We'd debate Dragon Ball all goddamn day. <laughs> he probably would. I, I can't believe this beef started so long ago with you two. It's ridiculous. Yo, Kent, if you're listening, you go get fucked, Kent. <laughs> 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 well, now he knows. Got it. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, as I said, they, they probably don't understand why I'm on the podcast because I have been quite vocal in my aversion to anime. Um, and I know that sounds like a very blanket statement, Kyle. You are looking at me. Um, if your looks could come through a computer screen, they would be stabbing me. And uh, no. the only reason I say that is because I enjoy a succinct... Uh, very cohesive and and in and out kind of story. Um, TV, American TV, British TV, that's sort of where my bread and butter is, um, as well as video games, of course. And when I watch 
anime. I love the ideas in them. They are powerful and amazing and out of this fucking world creative ideas. And then they spend 17 seasons diving into the minutia of a specific character that won't be in the 18th season. So, like, it's it's a frustrating Sisyphean feat to um, watch anime. However, and Kyle, I know this is also going to anger you. Uh-oh. I got into Dragon Ball. Woo! Abridged. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> someone needs a sense of being for that one. Um, it was my fault. It was it was Katie's fault, one hundred percent. But that is not to discredit or discount the importance that Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, all of it uh, has has uh, created in the anime space, in uh, American storytelling, in Japanese storytelling, in animation. Dragon Ball and its subsidiaries are some of the best anime I've ever seen. The reason I liked Abridged so much is, one, it's funny, and two, it westernizes the story of um, Gohan and Goku, if that makes any sense. 100% that makes sense. And. I think you will be surprised to hear that I did not really take any offense to almost anything that you just said. One thing that I talk about, I talk about, Jesus Christ. <laughs> one thing I talk about quite frequently is how a story can be subjected to the medium in which it's being told and how sometimes if the story has to shift in order to better suit the narrative, or excuse me, to, to better suit the medium in which the narrative is being told, it makes sense. Um, that said, it, it kind of speaks to what you're saying about anime. Like you love the ideas and themes presented in some of them, but then they dive into 20 episodes worth of bullshit. Well, from a production perspective, they have to dive into 20 episodes worth of granular bullshit to be able to build up enough plot in the comic books to be able to, yes. you know, produce more or whatever. And that's again just um, a consequence of the medium itself. Yes, but. You did say uh, American television. What would you say is your favorite sitcom, I guess, of all time? Because I'm pretty big into sitcoms, too. I, I, I don't really like to think in favorites uh, because, uh, at least in television... It's hard to speak in absolutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, give me a short list of your favorite ones. Um, oof. Um, let's see. I, I recently uh, watched a Netflix show... Uh, where this girl gets a superpower and uh, starts uh, killing people in her high school uh, by accident, and I can't. That shit don't sound funny. Yonder Ace. <laughs> it is funny because she's an awkward teen, and uh, uh, she, I, I couldn't tell you the name of the show because it, the first season ended quite a long time ago. Um, but like, do you have any television shows that you've watched like a million times over? Um, the Office. Well, I mean, the, the Office is good. I've only watched that twice. But uh, Fringe. Okay, I've never watched that myself. I had an ex girlfriend who loved that show, though. Uh, yeah, Fringe. Anna Torv uh, is is one of the best actresses uh, in in the world, in my opinion. And she got uh, shit canned by that show, and uh, couldn't work in America after it. Um, and I was really pissed about it, especially because J.J. Abrams was attached to it. And J.J. Abrams is usually really good at keeping uh, his actors and actresses around. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Fringe uh, episodes like, or uh, series is like that. Uh, the Expanse is a really, really good sci-fi show that everyone should check out. It's also a book. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll stop. All right. So you've got all sorts of, like... Um holds into different perspective realms of the nerd world, yes. but none of them specifically tied to anime, but you've got a general respect for Dragon Ball, which is... I, I, I have a general respect for a lot of anime. Um, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is a fantastic uh, uh, show that I, I sort of stopped watching for some reason, and I gotta, I gotta get, get back into that. But my favorite anime of all time, the only one that I will say 100% that I love... Uh, is an anime not many people have heard of, but it's called Spice and Wolf. Um, the reason I love it so much is, and I kind of hate to say this, but it's a westernized version of an anime show. Uh, there aren't any of those filler episodes. Each episode is um, leading into the next, into the next. Um, and 
there's not a lot of those uh, like stink lines and giant sweat drops uh, that some animes have. Um, it's it's purely two characters, and you learn about them. Interesting. I've never heard of that one. I'll have to check that one out. It's quick. It's only two seasons. The manga goes on for another about two seasons worth of content, um, but it wasn't popular enough to keep going as an anime. Um, Katie, what's your gateway anime drug? Oh, God. Well, I'm a girl, and in the 90s, it was all Sailor Moon. Um, but Dragon Ball and Sailor uh, Moon came uh, on around uh, the same uh, time. The Sailor Moon theme song was the most banging of them all back then. I just right? want to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but fun, I do have a funny story regarding anime. Um, when I was a kid and I got really into um, Dragon Ball Z especially, my dad is the kind of guy who to this day, I'm like 30 years old and he will still do this. If I show even vague interest in a thing, he's just like he throws whatever he can related to that thing. And when I was a kid and I showed a lot of interest in Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, he went out of his way to find me like toys and stuff. Oh. And he got me a Dragon Ball Z backpack for school. <laughs> and it was the coolest shit ever. But when he was checking out, the lady tried to convince him not to get it because he said it was for his daughter. And she's like, well, my boys watch this. She can't be interested in this. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. And then from that day on, I was just like, Oh, I'm into I'm into it. Like, <laughs> now I'm super into now it. Now I'm you started a fire. Like, now I'm gonna punch every boy I see. Like, but That's yeah, so cool. My dad did the same kind of thing for me um, because I don't know. My dad's also a nerd, but my dad is also not that much older than me. I guess like my parents had me very young, um, so my dad was like watching the cell games on like the this is his version of the story anyway i have no recollection of this but um according to him uh when i was like a two-year-old baby he and his friends would be hanging out with me in the room and they'd be watching bootlegs of the cell games and when it started to be localized and brought over to america and they started to bring those um super battle collections over through Irwin he would go to KB toys down the street and like look for all of those toys all the time. Um, whatever dragon ball stuff was out back then. So, but he also kind of had a vested interest cause he was a fucking nerd. So your dad just sounds like a really good dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's not really into that. Like he watched, um, when I was getting really into anime at the time, he was like, well, I want to watch some too. So he watched, um, he watched a few of the anime movies. Like he saw Perfect Blue, and then he was like, "Maybe don't show that one to my daughter." <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he watched uh, Cowboy Bebop, and we watched that one together. And he watched cool. Lupin the Third, and he liked that. But and Ghost in the Shell, of course. Yeah, my dad. I was just about to say, my dad watched Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And uh, that was an interesting thing to walk walk yeah. in on him watching Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he was never, he himself didn't really watch Dragon Ball. He couldn't get into it. He was just like, so they just punch each other a lot? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's what I care about. Yeah. I just but like But there's kidding. so much more to it, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your dad sounds like a, just a nice parent. My dad sounds like he was convenienced by the fact that his kid also liked Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was also, like, into Doctor Who really hardcore, so he understood my hyper fix fixations. Right. That's good. That's good. Oh, all right. So your dad is a nerd then. Okay. Just not Just, an anime nerd. <laughs> no, but it's the same. Kind of, he understands the mentality and the thought process. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. yeah. My father was a man of few words. But one thing for sure. He didn't really like anime that much, but he did like uh, Marvel and DC a lot. Uh to give a little background that so I can just make it short, sweet, and simple. He didn't like anime because he said, and I quote, the way they move their mouths and faces has no emotion whatsoever. <laughs> and <laughs> when I tell you as a young kid watching Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> I was hurt. <laughs> like, I came from literally a family that said, and quote, you're not allowed to watch Dragon Ball because it's a little too violent. <laughs> hey, again, you just sound like you got parents that care, man. Yeah, Big deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, granted, yes, they did care. And one thing that they definitely understood was definitely that um, they understood that no matter what age you are, 
you can always find comfort in either whether it's a kid cartoon show or an anime show, anything like that. You'll find comfort in it and get sucked into it. Yeah, um, I would definitely say that I've uh, fallen victim of that exact mentality that your parents spoke of because I'm a 31 year old male who just has a podcast pretty much exclusively dedicated to the subject of Dragon Ball. And if that ain't fucked up and what your parents basically warned about, I don't know what is. Especially hentai. Yeah, it's not really my thing. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. Not my cool, thing cool, 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 cool. So, um, now that I've got a little bit of background, or I, should, I keep saying me, but it's because I'm talking to you guys, but now that the audience has a little bit of background on who you guys are, what your show is, uh, go check out part one of the conversation there where we talk about the moral arc writ large uh, up until these last couple of chapters. So um, if you haven't heard my conversation with Aunt Grimulia from CBR from a few days back, go listen to it. If you did listen to it, you will know I spent most of the last week just trying to find somebody to talk to these, to talk to about these most recent manga chapters. And when I say somebody, I mean like I talked to the regular Superdope fan, Brandon, Dan, Carlton definitely don't read. And then I like expanded the scope a little bit. I talked to like my, 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 my real content creator, Dragon Ball fans that have our uh, Dragon Ball friends that have like a, a sizable audience on YouTube that I've managed to make inroads with. I tried to pull favors and they're, even they said, nah, nah, I don't read that manga. It's fine. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. People who genuinely make content like not, nah, like once in a while, I mean, people whose entire YouTube channels are basically staked on Dragon Ball as a property and what they cover. Even they aren't keeping up with these mangas lately. I don't get it, man. Oh, I don't yeah. get it. Kyle, clearly you're not a Fairweather fan. That's that's what's happening. Dude, I wish I could give you guys like a fucking video tour of my room right now, but it wouldn't be convenient with the, the laptop stuff. If you knew how much Dragon Ball stuff is around me right now, you probably wouldn't talk to me anymore. You think that there is something wrong with me. I've got a decent Straight amount up. now too. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty gross. There. Yeah, no, you can you can still see a fair amount in the video shot that we have here. Um even I'm looking at way more Dragon Ball within two two feet of me. Either way. Um, I really like Dragon Ball, and it kind of was disheartening to know that all of these hardcore Dragon Ball fans aren't really reading it month to month or keeping up. But one thing that has frustrated me about the chapters month to month, we are recording this on the 16th of June. So you all know that the new chapters come out on the 20th, usually somewhere around the 18th or the 19th. We will have scans usually come out on Twitter um, of a few panels from the newest chapter that will drop on the 20th. And basically just off of those few panels, it's enough for people to piece together what the entire chapter is going to be. And it sort of ruins it when your first interpretation or your first opportunity to absorb the material comes through somebody else's scope or interpretation of it. And that's basically a, a really classy way to say these motherfuckers keep spoiling shit for me and it's pissing me <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me not motivated to keep up. You know what I mean? It, it's frustrating. Yeah, us in the video game community have to deal with that on a constant basis. Data miners. Data miners. May I remind you of Last of Us Part 2? You know, people who just, uh, like the Last of Us thing that just happened, that, you know, someone found a specific uh, detail about the story that I don't even know because I care not to know. Um, and then exploded it on Twitter and people then turned around and said, well, now I'm not buying the game. So like, yeah, Twitter it's is, so frustrating. Twitter is a evil double-edged sword. So in the conversation with Ant the other day, we alluded to something about basically the conversation was about, uh, Dragon Ball AF, which in case you guys don't know, it's like a fan Dragon Ball manga that happens after Dragon Ball GT and like the oh, late yeah. 90s. Yes. It was a very, that. very interesting conversation. But the roots from in which that series took place basically just came from early what I'll call early versions of YouTubers. Even though YouTuber even though YouTube wasn't a thing, people weren't making videos, people were still trying to make content based off of Dragon Ball. 
And the way they did it back then was they made fan art, uploaded it to whatever respective internet websites, and it would get picked up in search engines. People would see it and say, what the hell is Dragon Ball AF? And the conversation perpetuated from there to the point where Toible, a.k.a. Toyotaro, the guy who's now working with Toriyama on the Dragon Ball Super manga, in 20, 2005, there's two different starting points for it. I believe it's 2005, Toyable Star, it's like this proper fan comic of, of Dragon Ball. Um, the fact that it starts from early content creation based off of, you know, somebody's want to, to, to fill your desire for Dragon Ball content, Back then, it was just images. Now it's you know coming by the way of, of YouTube stuff. Um, we talked a little bit about that with the conversation with, with Ant. What kind of undercuts the manga each month is because everybody wants to be that first person to make that content now, instead of you know fan drawings or whatever, it's spoiler reviews of the latest manga chapter and to be the first one to post it. Yeah. It's... It, it, Oh, it's so infuriating. Like, I don't think they know what they're doing because I got this one kid I follow on Twitter. I'll not say his name because I think he's a really nice kid. But he's the kid who routinely ruins it for me every fucking month. I know he's like a 20-year-old kid. I know he means well. And he was working hard to get his YouTube feet under him and build something right. for him. And he fucking should. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. for him. But at the same time, like understand that you don't need to be first to the punch on everything and sometimes when you are it makes other people want to kick you in the face (laughs) (laughs) the youtube algorithm though has just kind of set every content creator up for for that exactly because it doesn't necessarily need to be good it just needs to be first yeah so and it's not even about quality anymore or quantity it's about who's first yeah and the youtube algorithm values the the earlier videos over the latest ones and this is something this is actually a conversation that i've had a few times within you know my own community the destiny community watching like you know data miners we every single time a new season's coming out there's hundreds of videos get flooded about like oh this thing's gonna happen with this character and these guns are coming out and like and it it just becomes kind of a game of like okay what's gonna be a spoiler and what's not (laughs) But it, YouTube always, no matter how much I curate my feed, I will always inevitably find out something spoiler related that I didn't want to know because someone within that same community uploaded a video and put it in their title. And in all honesty, knowing that you guys are primarily a video game podcast, this ties in perfectly to how I feel about Kakarot. Like we talked about it off mic a little bit. I basically said to you that Feel like that game is very much a chore and just a grind to get ready for whatever the next level is but one of my other frustrations with that game was i didn't even get to fucking experience the part that i experienced by myself first like i i had to experience them through every kid who got an advanced press copy of it yeah. three weeks before it hit yeah. stores and them tweeting out what the storyline was with screenshots and pieces of the funny little dialogue that ties together all these weird back characters and side stories like the reasons for which you would purchase the game, they were blown up before the game even hit stores because everybody was just so about being the first right. to post, you know, and it sucks. No, I mean, it's it's a habit that sort of all nerd cultures um, sort of fall into where not only do you have to be first, but you have to know. You have to get every little bit of information that you can every second of every day for that one thing that's coming out. Um, Last of Us dealt with it. Cyberpunk 2077 uh, is dealing with it right now, where they are, uh, it they have put the clamp down on any leaks or spoilers, and still things squeeze out. Um, and yeah, anime, television, movies, uh, it all comes down to this mentality where like we want it now, and so we'll take any little bit of of information that we can get. Just to have just a little taste. Give me it's that. It's like a hyperfixation, like instant gratification right. culture within the nerd community. That, like, for me, when it comes to Dragon Ball, the reason, like, I mean, like I said previously in in part one, I haven't been keeping up with a lot of the Dragon Ball stuff lately because, like, a money and b. 
usually just find out stuff on Twitter anyway, even though right. I'm not really on Dragon Ball Twitter that much, but I happen to follow a couple of people who are. So then Twitter decides that I need to see this post. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't know that happened, but that's neat. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I, I follow... Or it's going to happen. <laughs> I follow, shameless plug here, I follow Super Dope on Twitter, and you guys, mm-hmm. you, you don't. You don't do that. You don't post shit about the the upcoming whatever and whatever. Mm-hmm. I try not to yeah. because in all seriousness, I, I think there were times where we treaded in that territory and it mostly revolved around when the episodes were still on week to week right. because Saturday night into Sunday morning was a fucking event each week. I said it in part one of our conversation. Dragon Ball Super is a very, and I've said it before on, on the show here, but Dragon Ball Super is a very unique stretch of time for, to be a Dragon Ball fan because for the first time, the cartoon comes before the comic book, and you don't know what's going to happen week to week. You get a brand new installment of this story live on television. Not live, you know what I mean, yeah. but a, a new installment each week on television You know, without fail. You don't have the comic spoiling it for you you know, 9, 12, 18 months in advance, this is genuinely your first time experiencing this story. So on Saturday nights, it was an event and I would hop on Twitter and I would grab some screenshots sometimes and I'd be like, yo, check out this crazy elimination that just happened in the Tournament of Power. But I did quickly come to learn that it's just not worth, because I had those moments where I spoiled it for people and they were genuinely upset and then I was a little bit more mindful of it, but I don't know. I think me having other things spoiled for me really was the impetus to not be that guy. Like I have a life. I work on like literally eight different podcasts, I think right now. And then I'm still finishing out a day job uh, through the beginning of August right now. So I work a lot. I don't have the time to be that guy, but I still like to open up Twitter and scroll through there every once in a while. And I'll open up the super dope Twitter. Uh, if not my own personal one, I'll open up the super dope one, whatever. I'd like to be able to open it without having, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to have to face consequences for having a fucking busy schedule. Yeah. And um, that seems to be what, what it is sometimes. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Speaking from a destiny perspective, there are times when I have to go on social media breaks for a few days during reveals or leading up to reveals, just because it's like, Someone, someone is going to tag me in something that I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's that's the thing that I, I kind of don't understand with this this mentality that nerd culture has. Like, I like the, hey, in two days, you're going to get a trailer. Or in two days, you're going to get some information. And then waiting that two days, being like, I wonder what they're going to do. And then tuning in to that uh, that reveal. PlayStation just had their, their big uh, PlayStation 5 reveal. Mm-hmm. And I waited for that. At 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, I tuned in to their fucking Twitch channel, and I watched the whole thing. And it was like a TV show of of the days of yore where you had to schedule your TV uh, around your life. So, You're so old. I'm, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was... It's more entertaining to me for them, the creators, to release it in the time that they want to release it and in the way that they want to release it and not relying on at Joe Schmo 345 on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Anyway, that was actually supposed to just be a segue primarily for me to bitch about kids on Twitter just hijacking the content I enjoy for their own content repurposing purposes. That was a really tricky sentence. Well, we at the NPC podcast are notorious for destroying segues. Yep. So we don't believe in them. The NPC effect. Well, here's the thing. I think that we just took a segue and made it a very viable part of the podcast discussion for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter 60 is the most recent chapter that came out on May 20th. So I've been trying to get my friends to do a, a chapter review of this since May 20th. That would mean chapter 59 on April 20th, full 20, was the last one that we did. I think it was me and Brandon did it together. It was a very action-heavy chapter, just Goku fighting moral primarily. And even that conversation, even though I'm pretty sure we did a pod on it, 
probably wasn't super long. So this segue, in a lot of ways, again, another tricky sentence this is, um, that segue in a lot of ways has been helpful. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we can help you out there, Kyle. We're so good That's at that. Cool. <laughs> so quick chapter 59 recap. I'm sort of bar. I'm sort of borrowing the format from uh, Spider-Man Sundays, um, now available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. There you go. If you like uh, Power Rangers or Spider-Man, Japanese stuff, maybe you like Japanese Spider-Man, go check it out. You got to plug it in They're anywhere, fun. man. Plug it in whenever you want. I basically plug myself constantly. Sounded worse than I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chapter 15. Chapter 59 recap. Um, Goku arrives back on Earth after training with Miris in the bootleg room of Spirit in Time. And he quickly ascends to Ultra Instinct Omen or Sign, I believe is what they're calling it in the Viz translation. A lot of the fan translations, the fast translations, have, uh, I believe, kept going with Omen. But the Viz translations, I believe, have since shifted to Sign. Um, there's a little bit of back and forth about basically how this form is able to stand up to Moro, despite the fact that Moro is using, you know, this new magical technique sort of ability to fight. And a lot of it revolves around the agility of the form, the speed of the form. Um, and because he's so fast, Moro can't use like his customary or primary battle trait of absorbing his uh, opponent's energy because Goku's just too fast to have his energy be absorbed. Um, Chapter 59 was a little, um, I would say, I guess frustrating to me. And we talked about it a little bit in chapter, uh, talked about it a little bit in the first part of our conversation on the NPC pods uh, feed, go check it out. But one thing that upset me about this arc to this point is they've sort of teased quite a bit that Vegeta is going to be the guy to get the final win. And in chapter 59, they take this really sudden abrupt turn that they take this turn that made me not want to read it anymore. Um, They go and take these long, um, they go like out of their way to tease it in a few different ways where Vegeta kind of tries to basically what's the right word? Strategize? Um, no, not strategize. It's uh repay, make penance, um atone, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Oh. They go through this arc where Vegeta tries to atone for his previous actions on planet Namek for having killed as many people as he did so Frieza Saga. So he's the first guy to step up tomorrow, and he's a big part of that battle on new Planet Namek. Um, and him having gone off to Planet Yardrek to learn supposedly a new technique or a new way to fight or whatever, it's, you know, Goku's going to do the same old thing with Space Cop over here, and Vegeta's going to learn a new technique. They, they The posturing of it, leads you to believe that Vegeta's finally going to get the win. It's very reminiscent of uh, when Frieza comes back in the Fukatsu no F, uh, Revival of F series, when Vegeta's got Frieza on the ropes, and then all of a sudden, nope, just kidding. Yep. The world explodes. Yep. And we has to rewind things. Um, I don't know why they continue to play with my emotions as a Vegeta fan, Uh we did a thing on your show earlier where we put ourselves in specific camps. Um, I won't say which camp I fell into, but Leonard, you said that you were in Camp Vegeta, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. And having been somebody who's read 60 chapters of the manga in the last 24 hours, um, how are you feeling about Vegeta's uh, capability stepping up tomorrow? Because basically Goku goes at him with UI Omen, Gets his ass whooped because what do you know? Moro has a little bit more power on top and powers up to even more godly power. And Vegeta shows up to save the day. So, how do you feel about Vegeta's odds coming in to finally be the guy to save the day for Goku? 
Uh, the word of the day is depression, because uh, clearly I have it due to the writing of uh, the Dragon Ball manga. Um, I will not lie, from reading this beginning of the arc where you actually meet Moro on uh, New Namek, or Double N, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it that, Double N. Well put. Uh, but being on Double N and seeing that Vegeta actually became more honorable in my opinion i was like wow this is actually what as now as you and i talked uh outside the podcast that um as we say that how totally not mark would say it's very good character development for vegeta because it's showing that he's turning that new leaf to become bigger than what he is itself um which we all have agreed and we said in the last episode uh he has some BDE, which, <laughs> if you don't know what that means, listen to the last episode. Then yeah, go check, out, go check out part one of this conversation and know what we mean by BDE. I guarantee you it doesn't mean what you think it means when I say BDE. Totally. Bad diva environments. That's not what it means either. Go check it out. Katie, I'm not going to reveal which camp you eventually fell into in terms of the Goku or Vegeta camp, but how are you feeling about the idea that Vegeta could net his first win against a major villain? I think it would have elevated the character who I fell in with in a way that we haven't seen before. Fell in with meaning what? Is he somebody who was a big reason for you getting into Dragon Ball? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love Goku, but like, damn, he gets the W all the time. And for once, just once, just once, I need him to be knocked down in a way that doesn't mean someone else has to die before he realizes maybe he screwed up. Like, I need him, personally, I need him to get knocked down a peg to realize he needs to take a step back and allow others to do what they can and what they are capable of. And I think that would make him a strong... I don't want to say better because I think he's a great character, but I think it would make him a stronger character just as a whole altogether. And knowing they're probably not going to do that no matter what, no matter what happens ever is just so frustrating because it, it continues to put him in that that spot that, you know, everyone lumps him into where, oh, he's so boring. Oh, he's too good. Oh, he's like, he's this, he's this. And they overlook the things that make him a great character because the creators are too afraid to add dynamic to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to sort of play off that because I just sort of realized something. Um, Vegeta... There's a concept in storytelling called warfing. It's kind of a newish concept, but it's it's called warfing. And what that means is that on Star Trek, if you wanted to say that this guy was a badass, Worf would step up and be knocked out by this guy. That's how you would know that he was a badass, because got even it. Worf got knocked out. And Vegeta <laughs> sort of falls into that camp, sadly. Because Worf never got a win unless it was dealing with the Klingons. Uh, unless the episode was dealing with the Klingons, Worf never really got a win. He was a punching bag for a lot of bad guys. <laughs> and Vegeta is sort of that. He is sort of the punching bag so that Goku can run in and and save the day. Save the galaxy, save the world, save the universe at some points i gotta be honest i've never heard the term warfing before but basically the second you said it i almost <laughs> knew what it was gonna be <laughs> and i'm not even really a big star trek guy yeah, either. yeah, yeah. It's, it's i am and i'm mad <laughs> i'm mad because you're not wrong yeah yeah no it's 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 a it's an oh. interesting concept um if you want to quickly get a get across the idea that uh, a guy is badass you pick a bigger badass and have him punch him. That's it. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, for the listeners who are keeping up with Super Dragon Ball Heroes, uh, this whole universal whatever-the-fuck arc where all of these different villains get together, I, I don't even know what's going on in Dragon Ball Heroes right now. That That is such a mess. But oh God. Jiren shows up at a certain point to help fight the baddies, and when Jiren gets punched in the stomach and he's kind of useless for a little bit, 
that's that's the equivalent of warping uh, on on the Dragon Ball level. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my issue with uh, the last couple of chapters, um, basically, with a really action-heavy chapter for 59, almost entirely action. The one thing that they did was set up two things with Miris, I think. One is that he is the one to tell the audience and Whis that Goku has not perfected uh, Ultra Instinct and that um, this battle could potentially end badly for him. And then the second one is he poses the question to Whis, um, like this really weird panel, but it's super, super cool. Beerus is like waking up. I don't know. He looks kind of sleepy, but he asks uh, Miris, uh, hey, you know how to cook any food? You spent a lot of time on Earth or in the galaxy or whatever. He's like, dude, why are you thinking about food? Our friends are about to die on this planet out there. And Whis and Beerus kind of stop and say to the god in training or whatever, can't get caught up in like the mortal balance of this part of it like galaxies planets they come and go every day like that's just the natural balance of things and we really can't concern ourselves all that much with it and it just speaks to a problem that dragon ball super has had since the beginning in an effort to kind of repower scale and reset things a little bit at the beginning of super they bring in the gods of destruction and the angels over them yeah and the question's always been They've always preached this uh, supposed impartiality. Um, they've always preached it, but they've never really abided by it. Like they bailed the heroes out of several sticky situations. This is like the first time where they kind of, at least seemingly convincingly, feign indifference. And uh, I don't know if it's going to ultimately play into the final outcome of the story. I had to guess maybe Miris being the guy who can't you know, play into mortal affairs and he's the guy in training. My hope is that he'll say, fuck it. And, uh, you know, descend to earth or whatever to save Vegeta and Goku. I could see that maybe playing out for his story. I, I, I honestly thought his story was kind of done already, but they keep making conscious efforts to tie him back in, in the last uh, couple of chapters. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'll play into the final outcome. Regardless of Maris, though, what upsets me is they've set up Vegeta to be this guy now, and then even before he shows up, they basically give you the out that Goku doesn't have this thing perfected, and Vegeta's going to save him, and then Goku's going to save Vegeta, and then we'll all go home. I I don't know. I think people aren't ready for um, that level of betrayal, because when we first had this happen to us with Fakatsu no F, it came by way, again, gets back to the earlier part of our conversation about the medium. Um, in this case, it was the medium of a movie introducing the story or the idea of Vegeta getting his revenge, finally, against Frieza. And we had to watch it for whatever, 80 minutes. Um, and we experienced the whole thing front to back. We knew if Vegeta got his revenge or not. In this case, we're consuming the story for the first time through a comic we have to wait month to month for a chapter in my brain for the last three full months vegeta's been postured to get the win on this one so when they have vegeta descend on the battlefield and before he even gets to exchange a blow with anybody he is automatically undercut by this little off in the distance scene between the two gods talking about Oh, Goku didn't perfect it. I hope he does eventually. Otherwise, they'll never win. Like, it's just three months of me hoping that Vegeta was going to get the win right down the drain. It's just... Ugh, the medium can be a bitch sometimes. Anyway, I'm sorry that I just hijacked the conversation. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Well, it, it just... It kind of leads to more of my frustration. Just, again, not being as caught up as I'd like to be. It's because I have done this song and dance X amount of times with the same series. And as much as I love it, as much as I love Goku, it's just the same thing every time. And I'm bored. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like there are ideas there that I really like. There are concepts there. I really like, there are characters there that I really like. There are things that I really like, 
But in the end, I know how the story is going to be resolved, and it's resolved the exact same way every single time. And it, it just gets to a point where it's like, okay, I get it. I do. Goku is the face of this franchise, and you don't want to betray his fans, but, like, for God's sake, if, yeah. if the fans are so delicate that they can't handle him not having a win every single time, like, are they fans? Right. Are you guys writing snowflakes. something interesting? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Captain America loses how many times, and he's still he's still, still going strong. It. Yep. Like uh, Iron Man, like uh, the the legendary comics, like characters and such. Um, Wolverine, even like, yeah. well, he's a giant piece of shit sometimes, but like, you know, they lose now and again, and they're still going strong, and they still have like compelling story arcs, and it just seems to be a theme with a lot of anime and manga in general. Um, where they have a hard time, especially the older stuff, like newer stuff, it's a lot better, but like the older stuff, they had a really hard time letting the, the main characters lose. And if they lost, it was just for that one episode. Don't worry. They'll win the next one. Or like, don't worry. They'll be right back. Or don't worry. There, there's a totally different out. And it's like, this goes back to my frustration with original Z where they spent the entire series building up Gohan only to, oops, <laughs> he dropped the earring. Silly Gohan. And that's when I tapped the fuck out of the Boo Saga. I was like, nope, I'm done. I can't. I can't. Like, you killed off Vegeta, and now he's back, I guess. Cool. You played with me there. And then Gohan drops the earring. I'm out. I can't. I can't. Dude, you literally... I watched an episode last week, Gohan, where you caught, like, 68 bullets out of a Tommy gun. Right? And you dropped an earring. And you can't catch... An earring lobbed at you at very slow speed. And it, and it comes down to my frustrations with, like, how how a lot of um, companies, especially in Japan, approach those kind of things. Where it's like of a writer, and, and this is a long, we could have a whole conversation about manga and, like, everything from Inuyasha to Dragon Ball having this problem. We, we do have an episode called, like, Bandai's Money from a couple of years ago where we talk exactly about what you're alluding to just the culture behind how they keep these properties around as long as possible and how they're specifically designed to extract as much money from them as possible in terms of merchandising and licensing. Yeah. And I mean, it even goes beyond that because it's like the, the, the story, and I don't know how true it is. I'll have to double check, but the story that sticks with me is how often Toriyama wanted to move away from Goku and wanted to kind of like put Gohan in his place and continue the story from there. And how often there was so much pushback from that because Goku's the main character. Goku's the one that sells Goku, 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 and how it just made him angry and and embittered about it more than anything. And it, and it just, it frustrates me to no end because I fucking love Gohan. I have always loved him. And like, I don't lament what happened to him as far as like not being strong. I lament that they undergot him to the point where it's like, oh yeah, no, he's insanely strong. He He's on par with like God tier level strength. Um, without even having to be a God tier level, but you know, he just, mm, He's just not into it. It's like, okay. He just wants to go read books. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I respect that. New Harry Potter came out. Your characters, (laughs) like characterization you gave him before had a nice balance between the two. And for some reason you can't seem to figure that one out anymore. And that's cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a point of contention in the the story of Dragon Ball lore. You know, the, the, did Toriyama mean to phase Goku out and phase Gohan in thing? Yeah. A lot of evidence points that absolutely yes he did, but in 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 their effort to like rewrite that part of things, they're like, oh no, nah. we always knew it was the Goku show. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, dude, Goku was dead for sixty fucking episodes. What do you mean it was always the <laughs> Goku show? How many times did Toriyama kill him off and go, nope, definitely this time he's for sure dead? <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. nope, he's definitely I mean, not though. I, I forget who it was. I want to say maybe it was uh, Mister Fusion. Um, one of the best YouTubers who's also not keeping up with the manga. Um, I talked to him earlier this week, but when I talked with him a couple of months ago on the pod, he talked about Dragon Ball being the story of Goku. Dragon Ball Z, even from the beginning in a lot of ways, is just the story of Gohan. Yeah. Even though it doesn't feel like that until midway through the Cell Saga when Goku actively shifts out of that role and says, hey, you're the guy now, and then he has, you know, to sacrifice himself to save everybody from cell explosion, exploding, 
and then Gohan becomes the guy, and then the seven-year time jump, and then we see him in high school. Like, you can make the argument that, and, and even on Namek, like, mm-hmm. on Namek, Goku's been so much motherfucking time in that healing chamber. You could say the Namek saga primarily, the protagonists of it are Krillin, Gohan, and Bulma, and Vegeta is the guy who's kind of on the periphery, who can kind of swing either way. Yeah, the anti-hero. Yeah. Anyway, you could argue that it's a story of Gohan all day. I hate that they try to walk that back and be like, no, it's it's always been the Goku show for real. Yeah, Gohan never really liked fighting, even though we showed many movies and segments and episodes where that wasn't the case at all. Nope. Never liked yeah. it. Hated it every time. Definitely not the case. It's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating for them to have so shamelessly gone the other way in, in terms of Dragon Ball Super. I mean, that's the joke is that it's the Goku and Vegeta show. Yeah. So um, at least this arc in the early going of the moral arc, as we talked about on you know part one here was they do a better utilization or like expanded utilization of, of the greater cast. Like you get to see Tien and Yamcha and Chaozu and Krillin and all these smaller characters have some moments, but they also do a good um, job utilizing the world lore bringing in the Grand Supreme Kai and bringing in other parts of the Dragon Ball story that you may not have thought about in a while or may not have thought would ever tie in to a future arc. So um, they're hitting a lot of things, at least in the beginning part of this arc, to kind of draw you in and get you vested. And then, like I said, I think we're approaching the end of the arc now. And now that we're close to the end, it just... It feels like such a slog and so contrived, and I'm just—I don't want to watch Vegeta lose, guys. I don't know how I'm gonna handle. <laughs> it's happened too many times at this point. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, but I've never spent three goddamn months of my life—that's a quarter <laughs> of a fucking calendar year—telling myself, "Wow, Vegeta's about to get that W. This is great." Oh, they'll okay? actually change That's up their storytelling right method. <laughs> this will be unique and different—a turning point for the series. <laughs> Jk, <laughs> lol. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good for selling toys. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, by the time this episode goes up, I imagine it will be either maybe the 19th or the 20th. I'm not really sure, but it'll be at or around the same time. All of those douchebags on Twitter start to ruin the next chapter for you with like the, the plot leaks or scans or whatever that I bitched about for 25 minutes before. Um, it's probably lining up to be right around that time, so... The 20th is when the new chapter will drop, chapter 61. We will see what happens when Vegeta takes over for Goku. Um, The way he shows up and saves Goku is very dramatic in chapter 60. Um, Chapter 60, again, is a very action-heavy chapter. The only things we learned is that Vegeta learned instant transmission to do it one time to get to Earth. And then he makes the conscious um, declaration, like he makes it a point to say to everybody... I just did that once and I'm never going to do it again. So fuck you. <laughs> and it's very, it's very weird, but, um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens in chapter 61. I imagine Vegeta's going to hold off enough time for Goku to get miraculously saved somehow. And then, um, he'll pop in with a Zenkai boost and unearned power boost. And, uh, Go perfected Ultra Instinct, and maybe we'll have a cartoon when it's all done. Yeah, I don't. Um, Paul, Leonard, Katie, um, I want to thank you guys for letting me talk at you about Dragon Ball today. I really appreciate <laughs> anytime, it. man. Anytime you got a you got a great yeah, podcasting no voice. I like hearing you talk at me about Dragon Ball. It's good. I'll, I'll talk at you all day, baby. Um, <laughs> make sure you guys go listen to part one of our conversation at the NPC Pods uh, feed. How can guys find you? Whether it be how, how do people find you? Go so for it. So you can go to SilvertongueAudio.org. You can find our podcasts there. Um, we're kind of on a hiatus, but we're coming out of it pretty soon here. Um, you can find the NPC Pod. You can find the NPC Adventures, which is a tabletop. Uh, I also got two other guys doing two other podcasts, uh, The Midnight in the Bay, which is a stand-up comedian here in the Bay Area, uh, talking about his life as a dad. And then Dazed and Confused, or Dazed and Disturbed, excuse me, Dazed and Disturbed is a podcast about uh, unsolved murders around the world and weed culture around the world. Uh, He just gets a bunch of guys together and talks about crazy, scary shit. Very cool, man. 
It sounds like you and me are living the same kind of life, West Coast, East Coast stuff. It does sound like that. I didn't know you had more than one podcast. Good to know, though. Yeah, I mean, I do a few like with myself where I talk and produce and stuff, but I, I mainly just edit and produce for like businesses. And oh, stuff nice. Like that. And we just launched our first journalism podcast hey. a couple weeks back. About, oh, nice. about time. Yeah. It's a good time to start a journalism podcast. It's a fuck show. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is it's called the Migrant Cafe. You guys can go check it out. I'm doing it with a couple of uh, a friends of mine. It's my buddy Kevin, who is a immigrant rights um, reporter with like a few different newspapers around the country throughout his nice. career. And, and then this woman, uh, Delia Rodriguez Mesquan, who is a uh, immigrant rights advocate and has run different charities to help people who want to immigrate to America navigate the immigration legal process. That's awesome. So they're very familiar with that world and the stories that impact them. So we put together this whole plan. Like we just feel it's an underserved sort of um, niche, I guess. And, you know, we put together this plan and we plan to launch for June 1st. Okay. And uh, leading up to recording is, you know, the George Floyd stuff. So each of the last three weeks has at least you know, we shot for 30 to 40 minutes. It was like the hopeful time frame, you know, format. At least 10 to 15 minutes each week has just gone to George Floyd's stuff yeah. because yeah. it's been such a goddamn topic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, that's a long way for me to give you a plug on the Migrant Cafe. Make sure you guys go check it out on Apple Podcasts at your Spotify. Rate that shit because it helps us out. And I, you know, I appreciate that stuff that didn't work out as well as I thought it would in terms of Prime. Um, Paul, Leonard, Katie, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to me ramble about Dragon Ball. I hope to have you guys back again soon. Yeah, hope so. This is thank fun. you. Was it was fun. a lot of fun. Yes. Super dope. <laughs> <laughs> NPC Fuck was just on my show.